Hello and welcome to another scintillating episode of the Wolves Fancast. Um, we are recording straight after uh, our game against West Ham. Um, it's just a threesome of uh, pundits on the Fancast tonight. It's myself, Adam Price, host. I've got with me Stu Hall and Andy Gillard. Um, a wonderful threesome, I'm sure you will all agree. You'd usually pay extra for that sort of threesome, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> They've all got the image in their minds, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the game and then we're going to talk about uh, our upcoming game against Fulham. Um, but there was a bit of news that dominated the day today and the build-up to... Um, to the game, um, rumours were abound that there was a, a nasty injury in the offing for, for one of our players. Um, a heartbreaking injury, you might say, to our fullback Johnny, um, who's he's, do, he's done not just his ACL but his MCL. So both of his MCL, both of his M, uh, CLs, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the A version and the M version. Um, he's it's obviously a very very serious injury, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the same one that he did last time? It is, yeah. So I mean that's doubly concerning. Um, no idea how long is is Johnny Johnny's going to be out for. Um, but obviously we wish him all the best in his recovery. So I guess the first question, uh, chaps, how big a blow is this to Wolves? Huge. I mean, defensively, most of the season we've looked abysmal. But since Johnny's come back, he has shored up that left-hand side. I mean, Ike Nore, he's still still young, so he's still very hot and cold. And we know that Marcel is made of biscuits, so he's never going to be playing long-term. So like when we thought Johnny was coming back, it was like, excellent, great, we finally got it. And we've managed to get a couple of months out of him and he's crocked again. And I'm guessing then if he's done his ACL and his MCL, that it's probably going to be worse than what happened last time. I think that was just his ACL, if I remember correctly. So God knows how long he's going to be out. As you said in the, your intro to it, it's heartbreaking. Absolutely devastated for the lad. Yeah, he's living in Heartbreak Hotel, isn't he, John Abrams? I think he's probably booked into the Heartbreak Hotel for a year, by the sounds of it. I mean, <laughs> if at this point, it'll be a miracle if we see him next season at all. Because I was, uh, I was trying to think. The last time anyone did an ACL, it's always kind of, it's all always on kind of dodgy, heartbreaking ground. And but to do the same one twice, I mean, I couldn't think of Stuart Holden at Bolton, and he had to retire mm-hmm. after the second one because he he couldn't get back to where he was before. So, I mean, yeah, that was a long time ago, and it was a different kind of that was through a bad tackle. But you've got to be, it's got to be in the back of your mind now. Will he even recover from it? It's not even been sensationalist or anything. It's just, it's really rare. I can't think of another one where the same ACL's gone. With, what, six weeks he's been back? And yeah. Shocking. It just sounds like a nasty injury as well. It's just while I just Googled an MCL injury, you might hear a pop in your knee. And, ugh. Mm. and your knee might lurch to the side. It's just, it sounds horrific. So um, hopefully... It's, I mean, it's going to be a long layoff, but hopefully um, Johnny recovers from it as quickly as possible and hopefully we do see him again because 
we're obviously a better outfit within in the team than out. So all the best to Johnny there. So we're moving on now to the game itself. So as we always do, we'll look at the the, the team news. Um, beforehand, we were given the news that Matinho was was out with the injury. Uh, Bolly tested positive for COVID whilst on international duty. So that meant that was the bad news. But the good news, um, obviously, in addition to the bad news, was Johnny being able. The good news, we had Daniel Pedence was uh, making a return from his injury uh, in what was obviously a planned 45 minutes. And then Ait Nori came in for um, for Johnny. So, uh, she I'll start off with you. What did you make of the team? Um, was the Twitter account to be believed, as usual, with how we set up? And um, was it the team that you would have put out? You know the answer to that is is nine. And for the for the interest of trans, complete transparency, my exact words were four nil again for fuck's sake, Muppet. Because I thought, well, it's <laughs> how well West Ham play going forward. A back four at the best of time is is not great for us with Bolly in there, but a back four with Sace and Cody looked suicidal. So that was my. Main concern, William Jose up front, why? Um, and the rest, much of a muchness. I mean, I don't think Dendonka's hardly done anything at all all season. And some of them things were fully justified, as we'll come on to. Some, some not. But, yeah, I wasn't very excited, to say the least. What about you, Andy? Similar to Stu, really. I mean... <sighs> That back four, we've seen it time and again this season. I mean, they even said in the match that the times we've played a back four have led to 21 goals in, <laughs> in games involved. So it's obviously that we're going to concede more and we are going to score more by doing it. But the problem is our previous game against West Ham, they got bullied to fuck. I mean, we know that Cody's got it in him when he's up against a big, strong lad like uh, Antonio that he's never in the game. And that's pretty much what happened for the first half an hour of the match. They just bullied, got on the, onto us and we never recovered from it. The difficulty is, is we don't really have the defenders to play with three, five at the back. We don't have the midfielders either. So you're going to have to take one from somewhere and either go with what play five, one with Neves in the middle and then maybe four attackers. Like it just, the squad is so unbalanced. We don't really have much choice but to go with what we've got, and it's it's not good to see. Well, there's choice, and the season's over. He just won't do it. Well, yeah, I, I suppose you are right. I mean, Otisoe, like he's just vanished. Fuck knows what's happened to him. Why, why didn't he get at least forty-five minutes? Vitinha, like I don't quite know where he fits into our team, but. If we are signing him as the rumours are abounds at the moment, I suppose you may as well get him on the pitch and let him get used to the, the players around him. Um, I don't know. I just think I think he's shit at the minute, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and that was before the game. And that was and before I mean, the game. Yeah, you look at the bench as well, and then you just you just, you just think what what's going on there? I mean, I think I think who's on the bench? There's Lewis Richards, there's Christian Marquez, um, I'm surprised we didn't have the two keepers on, on the bench against pad out the numbers <laughs> or, or Sondergaard as a backup um, forward option, just in, just, in, just in case. Um, but 
you know, we we know what we know where we stand there with our bench, don't we? It's always been pretty much threadbare um, for, for for most of the season. But um, so moving on to the game, then. So I mean, the first off was a bit silly, really, wasn't it? In many <laughs> many regards. Um, so I mean, I'm looking at him on the TV screen now, Gary Neville. He said before the game, didn't he make it? I think he made the call that this was going to be really a dull non-entertaining affair. Um, turned out it was quite the opposite, wasn't it? I mean, we had, I mean, Wolves sort of kind of led the way on all the, all the stats apart from the uh, the most important one being the goals. But 2-0 um, down about the first 12, 13 minutes. I mean, that at the minute, this, this back four, I mean, while we're getting more goals out of the games that we're playing in, we've, Sometimes it just seems like we've got a big barn door open at the back, hasn't it? And they took me for the first two goals because, uh, well, especially the first one with Lingard looked like he was PlayStation Messi, wasn't they? Just going for a run completely unchallenged. The, the, first, the first one was like when when they brought the new um, defending feature into FIFA and no one could do it properly because they, you had to move the actual player yourself. And it was like Sace crossed over with Cody at one point, and who no, no one knew who the fuck they were supposed to be marking. And it was just, he just strolled through. <laughs> he was he went through unchallenged. Then Donkey could have took him down, but he's never going to do that. Um, was we too nice, which has been a problem all season. And he just kind of sauntered in, <laughs> and he was like, Well, okay, fine. Well, that, that's a great start. Um, that first goal was like it's one of the worst goals I've seen us concede. Like how he broke from midfield without a challenge up until he was like about 20 odd yards from goal. And all he had to do to ride that challenge was drop his shoulder. <laughs> like he, he didn't even have to like do anything fancy. He just literally dropped his shoulder. Sais completely shat himself. And then he was through one-on-one with <laughs> Rui. I have no idea what Sais was doing. I mean, through the whole game, I thought Sais was actually quite poor tonight. But for that goal, it was awful. It was almost like... He was thinking, well, I'm the left-sided centre-half. The right-sided centre-half's going to get him. But obviously, he was tracking whoever the other player was running off um, off him at that point. It, that was just all over the shop. It was a great finish into the corner. I mean, if you put it the other way around and Traore had gone on that run, it would have gone miles over. So he still, he still, it was still a good finish at the end, but he was completely unchallenged in the, in the build-up to it. I could have scored that with the time he had. It wasn't that difficult. It, it was a good... He worked it well, don't get me wrong, but the point where he's shooting, he's completely unchallenged. That's just not good enough. I've always, um, I've never been Lingard's biggest fan, to, to be honest. I'm not, I don't you. think he's ever justified. I, I haven't, <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I've just, from what I've saw of him at Man United, I've just thought I don't understand where the talent is with him, to be honest. And I, I don't understand how he kept getting to England squads, but. I mean, this this move to, to West Ham was bought out in completely new lease of life for him. And certain, mm. at, at least in that first forty five minutes, he he looked like he looked like the player he should always have been. But I'm not sure whether we were allowing him to express himself even more than usual. Um, yeah, because certainly with that first goal, uh, Sais just went complete walkabout. I know Cody was tracking his runner, but Sais went completely walkabout. I dare say if Max Kilman was in a team, that uh, that might not have happened. But uh, <laughs> obviously, that, that's it. of course. <laughs> we've said we've said it before. Been the, well, Kilman's just been. He's got the Otazoic cold shoulder. He's just been blamed for some for some reason for something he's done. Um, 
and he's just he's vanished without a trace, never to be seen again. But you can't say to me that we, it would have been worse playing Kilman, Sace, and Cody tonight rather than just them two in the middle. It's, it would have been it wouldn't have been great, but it wouldn't have been that shit. Yeah, I think it's though. I mean, some of the fans have been asking for more entertainment. <laughs> we're switching to four at the back. We are getting that, are we? Or is, is, is this entertainment too much for us? It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like it's a, it's kind of like perverse entertainment in a way. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I mean, this whole thing about the entertainment factor of not when we play three at the back. We had two and a half years of being excellent going forward playing with three at the back. It's a myth. It's it's just an easy out because it, it looks more negative when you're playing with when it turns into a five. But we've played some great stuff as a back three. I don't know where this all started from. I mean, to, today, I mean, I, in a kind of weird way, I enjoyed the first half more than I have for months because the the chances that were created. I mean, I, I even went onto the onto the notepad. On show us the list. Show, show us the list <laughs> <laughs> for your YouTube viewers. There you go. William Jose, wide, middle of the goal. Neves header over, free header. Pedence header, hit the top of the bar, which William Jose ran in the wrong place for. Middle of the goal, <laughs> completely nowhere near. Neto header, wide, which was a bit half chance of. Um, Traore blasted straight to the keeper. William Jose, seven yards out. And then Neto blasting over from that. I mean, that was the first half. That's more chances than we created about two months. <laughs> and it, but, then you, yes, that's up, several games worth of chances. That is in one in one half. Yeah. I mean, any any normal team with without having a joke up front would have at least gone into into the break even. But we'll come on to him later. But as soon as the second moved on to their second goal, I mean, Tomato's got done. But then what is Cody doing? Yeah, I'm blaming Cody for that. I mean, Lingard's done well to get around Tomato. You've got to hold your hands up. That was a quality move and he did him. But Cody's come across and I just don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's got nowhere near the ball or the player. And he's managed to... The ball somewhere broke loose to Fredericks, was it? We pulled it back. I can't remember. And then Sace, again, he's nowhere near the man in the middle. Like, it was just a comedy of errors. Everyone was fucking up on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you get the third, which is Ruby's fault. Which yeah. you you can't be beat at the near post in in professional football. It's just ridiculous. Even though it, even though yeah, it was a hard shot and whatever, but you shouldn't be beaten from there. Just... I like Rui, but he has got a reputation for that since being yeah, a tower player. He has been caught out far too many times on his near post. There's three this season now where that's happened. And so there's a common theme, isn't it? That's happened before, hasn't it? Mm. With Rui, it's happened in the last game as well. It's always in games like this where the defence is so shit. It's almost like he's kind of, like his head's not really there. Like he's kind of frazzled by the shitness in front of him. Kind of thing. It's not making an excuse for him. I'm saying that if he's looking at that shit show in front of him and he's got to be thinking, oh, I've got to be on the top of my game and then stuff's happening all over the place and he's not fully mentally concentrating, then maybe that's what's happened because it's very rare, other than like the Newcastle one with the free kick where he got beat, which again was a stupid mistake. It always seems to come when we're under the cosh for, and we're playing really badly defensively. And then even Jared Bowen got on the axe in there as well. But he, uh, 
we were making all these players look like superstars in, in the first. I mean, to me, I mean, I find it part partly amazing that West Ham are where they are. Mm. To be honest, I think I can't remember where I heard it in the last week or so, but um, I heard a comment that West Ham are a great advert for behind closed doors football because. Normally their place is it's just poisonous, isn't it? West Ham, they're at even and their own. I know normally their own home games. All the fans can't wait to have a go because they've had to walk through Westfield to get to the game. <laughs> but it just seems to be this. I don't know what's happened because they put the ferryman in charge and they're just then they find themselves in fourth place. You know, I, and I've struggled to sometimes think really. Where West Ham got? I mean, I've got to hold my hands up here because at the start of the season I put West Ham in my pick of three teams to get relegated because I did it off the back of Jumbo like in pre-season when um who did I sell? Who did the, who did I sell to Albion? The 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 Carby Garner that's Dean Garner. It, yeah. I sold Dean Garner and then Mark Noble kicked off on Twitter and I think Bournemouth beaten four or five in pre-season. I just thought that's it. They're they're one of my picks to go down and then then they're in fourth <laughs> they're in fourth <laughs> place. It shows what I know. But um, again, I, they, we were for that part of the first half. We were just making plays like Jared Bowen again, looking like world beaters. And again, I think our defence coming to that again. Again, but I don't know that that I was a bit. I, I know we were creating chances in in that first half, but I was just ba- I was just baffled by how by how bad we were at the back and just letting them in time and time and again, and they were making their chances count. Yeah, but it was so like I said earlier, it was so utterly predictable that that would happen. Playing a playing playing the back four with them players, so it was, I was sitting there drinking my Banks's amber, got through four tonight, and <laughs> I was just giggling to myself when the third one went in. I laughed to myself because I thought, "Well, this is just." I said four 0 before the before the game, and yeah, it could have been three each at half time, but conceding goals like that and just being so terrible at the back was so predictable. I mean, how did you not see? It's just baffling. But going forward, I didn't expect that. And that's when you get you come to then then Duncan rising like a salmon from where's that been all season? Yes, let's talk about our goal. So we ended the half on a bit of a positive. Adama doing what he should, you know, doing what he's capable of, taking on a couple of West Ham players, putting in a quality cross. And then Duncan, who I think we've normally said before on this um, on this podcast that he has got a bit of a fifty pence head. This one was, I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying to liken him. What, what other coin would it be like? A good two pence piece, solid gosh, header <laughs> straight in the bottom corner. Um, yeah, Andy, talk to us about that goal because I thought it was a quite a, quite um, a well taken finish. It was exactly what you want to see from both of those players. We haven't seen enough of Traore working his way down the line and then whipping the ball to the back post. He did exactly what you want any winger to do and he did it perfectly. And the other thing you want from your box-to-box midfielder is to arrive in the box, get up, get your head on the back of that, uh, at the back of the cross like that and stick it in the goal. It's, like, it's simple, but it's exactly what those players should be doing and we want to see from them game in, has, game out. Has Nino then been showing Dendonka videos of Dave Edwards? I was just I was, I was literally going to say that's what he's took on in his um he's downloaded them to his phone and on his on his flight back from the Belgian games he's been watching dangerous days highlights. Is that it is it's exactly what it was like? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've said a few times on here that Den Donka is Dave Edwards without the goals. So as soon as he can start getting those goals, he can then become a fancast favourite and Jordan will love him again. So I think <laughs> that's what he that. needs to do. Imagine that. He's a fully, he's a fully fledged Belgian international. He's never, he's never been on the losing team for Belgium. And here we are saying, you've got to look up, look up to Dave Edwards. <laughs> you've got to watch, watch, watch Dave Edwards, watch him just copy him, copy what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dave Edwards got to a European Championship semi-final, if I remember correctly, so it's no sniffing at that. He did. He did, mm. indeed. Now, before we move on to the second half, I feel as if we need to dedicate a little bit of a section to our misfiring forward, William Jose. I feel as if we need to we need to sit down and, and have a talk about him, the Brazilian Frankowski. Uh, and that's not just my... I know I'll put that in the, in the group chat. But that's not that's not a view just solely held by myself. Um, Aaron Wright has tweeted us um, asking, "Is William Jose the new Thomas Frankowski?" Um, David has also, and I know that's a bit of a popular name. David, I have to give him a, give me his Twitter handle at Cooked. There's about four hours in, in his Twitter handle. Has said, uh, "Jose, what's the point?" <laughs> and uh, also, Tom at Wolves Lad Tom has tweeted to say, "What is Jose doing in training to be warranting a place in the 18 let alone the first 11? The bloke is utterly useless, and basically stick Fabio back in." Um, I think with William Jose, I mean, the guy has left, chosen to leave Sociedad, ultimately chosen to forego a Copa del Rey because they've just won it, haven't they? <laughs> Uh, to come to Wolves, I and mean, this was his 11th game without a goal. And let's be honest, uh, that, he doesn't even look remotely close to scoring, does he? And Stu, remember in the group chat, you said that Frankowski, the Polish Frankowski, was unlucky. But I think our Brazilian version, I think he's, I think, he's, I don't know, he's, I don't think it's a system or something, but for me, it's just not, he doesn't even look like it's working at all. I mean, let's not beat about the bush here. He's fucking shit. That's what he is. He's an absolute bag of wank. He's the worst striker we've had since Robert Taylor under Colin Lee. He's awful. He doesn't do fuck all. He doesn't. He doesn't move. He, I mean, the first two games, he did, he did okay by standing there and being tree-like and laying the ball off. He did all right at that. But when he's got this movement in the box, nine, nothing. Headers, nowhere. Actually, shooting. Nothing again, <laughs> and you look at the the, the videos they put up on on the official um, club Twitter handle and stuff, and it's like tappings from three yards against like academy kids in goal. So, okay, well, this is obviously this is how, how he uh, get his confidence up. But it's like when he took it when he went off, and they showed him briefly. They never mentioned him. <laughs> just useless. There's no point in him being here. And I do think that there was that conspiracy theory was that. We brought in someone even shitter than Fabio Silva was when he was when he first came in, just to make Fabio Silva look better. <laughs> and it's working. It's worked because I mean, you look, I mean, we we we've never really slagged Fabio off on here, other than the fact that he he wasn't ready and he shouldn't be playing, which is probably still the case. And and but then get onto his goal tonight in absolute class. But he bulked up. He he, he you can see he's worked hard, but it. It doesn't benefit anyone for that waste of space to be in the team at all. He's not going to sign in the summer. Fabio, give Fabio minutes. 
I like, we, I, like I like it how you say that he's tree like. I mean, <laughs> he, he doesn't, Jose, he doesn't, he doesn't even sway like a palm tree. He's just rigid re- like an oak. Yeah. <laughs> even remember the, the, the original tree, Kevin Coyle. At least he at least he kind of swayed in the wind. <laughs> William Jose is one of them massive fuck off oak trees, like 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 at, like at Coppice, the one in the corner that's never coming out. Even Doomsday ain't moving that thing at the <laughs> And that's what he's like. He's just a waste of time. And it's, it's I mean, he's going to go back to Spain, not scored a goal. Terrible, terrible signing. Worst Premier League stroke of all time. What's the point of him being here? We've, we've got what eight games left. Just play Fabio Silva now the rest of the season. Give our give our Maple Leaf a go. Give him a chance. If we if we got it, we're talking about giving other people a go because he, he riles me up so much because he's so shit. I've just been on Twitter and searched for Frankowski, and almost all of the messages that include Frankowski also include William Jose, which. So it's obviously not something that is just shared within this group. It's very much that everyone thinks that he is going to be that kind of player for us. And I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if he does go back to Spain without a single goal to his name in a Wolf shirt. He doesn't look like scoring in the slightest. He had that one head out on his debut against Palace. Yeah, against Palace. And that was it. Everything else... I mean, even tonight, he had that one where it broke to him quite nicely in the box. He needed to shift it onto his left foot to get a shot off. Mm. Instead, he turns back onto it and tries to lay it off. Makes a shit pass, and it goes straight to a West Ham player, two yards away from him. When you, you look at it, I mean, you look at his record in Spain, good, decent, very good, decent. But again, I don't know what's happened with the scouting there, because... He clearly doesn't work in this country. It's just when you look at him, you look at the build of the guy, he looks made for it. And you think oh, solid guy. Yeah, we've got something here. He's he's built like a Premier League forward. But he's just not. He's it's like he's wearing it's like you know, um remember DJ Qualls in Road Trip. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like him in a fat suit. That's what William Jose is like. And whenever he's, he's got to actually do something, he just falls apart. It's like DJ calls with women. That's such a niche reference. <laughs> Cagefighting.com. Yeah, I was going to say, for more of that, join us on Cagefighting. <laughs> so, on to the second half then. Um, now, it kind of, we kind of changed a bit of tack. Second half, I wasn't quite sure if we were playing 4-4-2 second half, whether some sort of weird 3-4-3 or anything. something changed anyway. And the second half wasn't wasn't as silly as the first half. But um, let's go straight to the biggest positive of that, that second half. And that was a really well-worked goal to bring, make it, to bring it back to 3-2. Um, with Neto doing what Neto does best and, and setting up. Uh, well, providing the great assist for Silva, who's again, he's getting better. Yeah, Fabio Silva is. He's, what a finish that was. So, he wants to talk to me about that goal. Superb, wasn't it? Like, that was a world-class finish. Absolutely exceptional. Like, he's going to be a world-beater one day. I, I genuinely think the £35 million will look like a good investment down the line. Obviously, at the minute, like Stu said, he probably isn't... Probably shouldn't be playing week in, week out, but we ain't got much choice, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And I would rather have him in the team than not. For stuff like tonight, and like his goal against the Albion, I mean, that was such a well-taken move. Like, he's going to be a superstar. 
and we've seen the glimpses of it. I think the more t- game time he gets, and when he's back learning with Raul rather than this bag of wank that we've had, <laughs> I think you're going to see the best out of him in maybe six to 12 months' time when he's, he's getting that and he's learning. And as Stu said as well, he's bulking up. You can say that he's becoming more physical in his game. So, yeah, perfect. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. It was, it was his touch for me. His, his touch was absolutely sublime. And they met for a kid, again, he's still a kid. That's what you got to remember. He's still, <laughs> still a kid. And under that kind of, like the, when they mention it in commentary, don't they, about the fact that he's took one of the youngest Premier League penalty takers? I mean, mm. it took some bollocks to stand up for, and do that at Burnley. And to have that touch and that kind of composure, considering what he's been like on occasion so far, three Premier League goals in his first first season when he shouldn't have been playing anyway, compared to a seasoned striker who's played probably about the same amount of minutes as him. It's embarrassing. It, but, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And I very rarely cheer like that when we're so far behind. But yeah, for that one, I thought, oh, fair play to you, get in. Yeah, so the second half in, in general seemed to be a bit, we kind of, I don't know if we, we regressed back to a more structured approach to the game. We, we certainly wasn't as cavalier as, as the, the first half. But yes, we, we got that goal back through Silver. But after that, I mean, did we have any really any more clear-cut chances um, to, 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 to split West Ham apart? I don't I can't really think of any sort of uh, any occasions or any times when we really we had there was the free kick that Neves had that he took short to Neto who smashed it over and there's another one when Neto the ball fell to him in the box and he just swiped at it and again went miles over and wide I think Neto's mom needs to tell him to stop shooting to be honest because he's been absolutely (laughs) terrible since she's told him that um, well, we've had, uh, we've you had are right. We didn't have anything from, else. I was going to say we've had the tweet on that. On you talking about Neto and um, Mitch Davis tweeted in, just asking, has the hype got to Neto? Maybe. I think possibly. Yeah, I think since the Southampton game and that goal, he's not done anything at all. I mean, Gully's completely right in what he said about him as well on here that he has flattered to deceive and switching into his wrong side is kind of took the shine off him a bit to kind of accommodate Traore, which I've now kind of say now because Traore's put that ball in tonight, but that's very much a, his one assist of the season. So, you know, even odd. That, 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 assist, that assist, by the way, that assist brings him level with Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's level with a fucking goalkeeper, so very sweary tonight. Um, but yeah, he's, I think it, I think it, it again comes down to the fact he's very young and he's playing probably more than he should be at his age. He's 20 years old and he's, he's the only kind of energy or beacon of hope that we've got in this team at the minute. And it's it wouldn't surprise me if it's waning down a bit now. He, will he play, he as, will, will, will he he play as much next season when he's at Man City? Yeah, exactly. That's what he's <laughs> doing. Um, yeah, it's, I think he's, he's just petered out. I think that's just his age. This happens. So it's no real surprise, but we've got no one else, have we? So he can't be rested. But I think that when you said that you didn't know if it was 4 4 2, it, it started off as 4 4 2. And I, I said, well, it's the fluidity that we had going into the end of the first half when we're not dangerous. It kind of just went back to uh, 
well, functional boring wolves again for the second half. And it was like, well, we've played okay, we've played really well, and we should have been ahead, even though we've conceded three silly goals. And now I he's think, just he's just shut up shop again. I think scared. to be fair, I think part of it was West Ham's reaction to it. I think West Ham went and just basically had one at front, got everyone else behind the ball, had two banks of four and five, didn't really give us a lot of space. And we don't have players who are going to pick the ball up and go five, ten yards with it and look for a pass. Especially in our midfield anyway. We've got players who will pass it sideways and hopefully maybe step a yard forward and then receive the ball and move it on. Whereas we haven't got anyone who's going to try and break lines. So I think it's West Ham's reaction to the way we ended the first half. And I think the system that we went out with in the second half didn't really didn't push the game any further on for us. Yeah, and certainly the, um, like the most influential players, like the Lingards, again, kind of went quiet second half, didn't they? Because, mm. like, like you said, they kind of, they changed tack to see, to, to change our, to, to see our tactics. Didn't they, really? Yeah, well, I mean, they were 3-1 up, so why would they think, let's go for 4-5-6-1, when they would just be quite happy to win 3-1? Yeah. I think that the one the one player that we have got who's like that, who showed it in for the internationals, he's Vitinho, and he did get 20 minutes, and he... he, he he showed a couple of glimpses where he's done more than a lot more than Martinho showed this season with his little. I mean, he was trying things. He was trying forward passes that they always come off, but he showed in one of the goals that he scored for Eager City for Portugal, the little dink over the top that that was on mm. a couple of times, and he tried it a couple of times. And you think, well, we haven't had that all season long from midfield, and mm. but it's one of them. It's the option is there, and he had twenty minutes. Not enough, really. So, I'll ask you a question there that we've had in from Twitter. So I think it's probably a good a good time to answer it. Uh, to ask it, sorry, from Andy Smith at Andy Smith three zero four seven. Out of tonight's starting lineup, how many will be starters for the first game of next season? <laughs> I was going to say yes. It's going to be <laughs> oh, only yeah. eleven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. No, we don't, can't, can't have Joe's there. Can we, no, he's, he's, he should be at the airport right now, shouldn't he, on the, on the flight back? Would you put it past him signing him? No, of course you... <laughs> at this I point, can't. No, I can't. No. You know, the man's lost his mind anyway, I, I, I'm not going into that again, but it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all if he signed him. And that, I mean, we, signed, we signed him, out Nori and Vitinia for 50 million quid between them. And that was all we signed. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> I mean, because we've had to, on as is like a, a just a sub question to that. Uh, at Tom Martin Five had said, "Is it time to sell Cody?" Because he thinks that he's holding back because we can't, he can't defend in a in a four, and we can't score enough goals if we play in five. So he's now this is uh, flag to the mass there that he wants Cody out. But I don't know, at a best starting lineup, if we're going to keep a back four next season. Is uh, uh, should should two centre backs be on order? Really, minimum. I mean, I think we need two centre backs anyway. But yeah, we definitely need reinforcements there. If we're going to go forward with the back four, us, us put in the group chat. We need to sign five defenders if we're going to play with the back four next going forward. What we've got isn't good enough. And I like Samado. Don't get me wrong. I want him as a wing back rather than a full back. I think that suits his game better. So I would want better back up to him. I'm not sure if Keanu Hoover is that player at right back. He's still young and I think his future is probably going to be as a centre half 
I don't quite know, but we definitely need reinforcements, whether we go with a four or a five in the future. Cody yeah. is not up to snuff long term, personally. But I wouldn't rule him out if he had someone sensible and proper next to him. If you say, I know this is obviously silly talk, but for instance, if you had someone like Ruben Diaz next to him, actually doing proper defending, and Cody was able <clears> to be a kind of a ball playing defender. It works all round, but fair. it's finding someone like that, which with the budget of pennies and peanuts that we're going to have, it ain't going to happen. So, I mean, I expect at least seven of them to, to start next season just because of I don't expect us to sign more than four players in the summer, which is ridiculous, really. But um, it's it's one of them. They've beaten me to a pulp. I've got nothing left. <laughs> right, it's for... How many how many transfer windows now have we looked at it and said we need a striker, a midfielder, replacement Tino, defenders? It just uh, and that just seems never to be addressed, does it? Or if it is, it's addressed in weird ways, like a William Jose loan or a Virginia loan, and then they just they just never played, or they are in Jose's case, complete dog shit. Um, but. I don't know, if, if uh, Shu is an, is an FFP affectionado with all this in the news, if, if, if this has been abolished, can we not go out and spend a bit of the old uh, spondoodles on, um, rather than doing the pennies and pence, like you said? Can we not, should we not be able to go out and splash some cash? No. Is that, that's <laughs> not, not at all. No, <laughs> that's the European FFP, the um, profit and sustainability Premier League model still in place, so you can't. Mm, the shambles. Is, it's still like I think it's hundred and I think it's hundred and eight million over three years you can lose in the Premier League compared to thirty nine million in the championship. So it's still one of them, but again, we should break even with the forty million laid over from last year. So it's one of them that we've got there's money there, even if they'll say, Oh no, we have to sell to buy. We probably <laughs> we probably from a kind of sensible point of view and and we're talking He's talking about amortization and going price of football here, but there's money there. If the if they if someone come available, like they've always said, they'll spend the money. But it needs a serious overhaul now, otherwise we go. We don't want to be talking about the R's, do we? But we ain't gonna to finish top half if we don't get at least five or six in in the summer. I, for the record, I'm not I'm not worried about relegation, and I don't I think I, I don't I just don't really. See that as a, as a concern. I think I think we're safe, but oh no, I th- I'm, I'm talking about next season. Not, not this season. We're okay. I was saying if if we go into next season with this season <clears throat> squad, we fucked completely. And the system as well. Yeah, yeah. Because because it's not it's not working. And I do I do sometimes wonder because I like to read people's body language. I do I do sometimes I do wonder about certain players, but where they're at at the minute with the club. Obviously, the season's not not turned out how anyone would have would have. Liked, you know, there's questions around the approach to the cup, which obviously went down like a fart at a funeral with with lots of Wolves fans. I just wonder, I just wonder where what what where players are at with, with where we are right now, and who who will be the most lo- the ones most likely to be pushing for a move. It's alright for a player to say they want to move, but in this, in this climate, it's not a guarantee. But I just wonder, you know, which players would potentially be likely to leave. I'm guessing we're going to put. Neto at the top of that list, you would imagine, for someone who would want to move and who some who teams would be interested in having. 
I think with Neto, his age is probably on our side because he's still young. He might think, I can have another year here. Whereas when you look at someone like Neves, who's got another, what, three, four years older, he might be thinking, now's my prime time where I should be winning Champions Leagues and leagues and, and everything. And you wouldn't argue against him if he'd said, I want to play for a top club now because he's given us his all. Maybe he's come to the end of his run with us and he deserves that chance to really shine on a greater stage. Couldn't really argue with it. Raul as well. I mean, he might be thinking he's got one big move left in him. And I don't get me wrong, I know we've stood by him through his injury. I mean, we haven't got much choice but to, but, you know, there's no loyalty in football, like from the players to the club, and there shouldn't be any from the the club to players either. You know, they, they both use each other to forward their own agenda. But for me, probably Neves and Raul, they're the, probably the two most saleable assets as well. And then Traore, who I believe has only got a year left on his contract. If he's going to run that down, you may as well get shots at him in the summer and actually get some money for him. Yeah, I think I, I, I just get some money for him anyway. He's just too infuriating <laughs> for, for one and a, one and a half assist if you count the uh, the one against the penalty. Oh. the one that he hit Melier on the back of the neck, which hey, that's not an assist. Dude, yeah, cool. I think that the penalty against Brighton is counted as an assist, but he got fouled. That's not an assist. He yeah. just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, try all right. I just sell him anyway, just just for the sake of it. But I think Neves Neves is a weird one because he seems to actually love living here, which is odd enough as it is. <laughs> um, and but again, it, it all depends on if his family come back and what the situation's like in the summer with the whole the nonsense and everything. He seems. Out of everyone, he seems the most settled. It wouldn't surprise me if if someone like Samedo just said, well, this ain't what I was sold in that last summer. <laughs> I, I, was, I was sold to be mm-hmm. battling in the, for 15th in the Premier League when I, I was kind of hinted at, oh, well, you've played in European football and all this. This is the dream. It wouldn't surprise me if someone like that wanted to up sticks and go and he's automatically escaped up for when fans are back. Anyway, we all know that. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of the course. So I would it wouldn't surprise me if if he went somewhere. Neto, again, it's one of them. He's but I think his form since like we said earlier, but since that Southampton game's probably kind of helped us keep him in a way because he's clearly not ready. Um, and Raúl with his head, who knows? Who knows what he's going to be like? So I think from we kind of got lucky with Neto tailing off and Raúl being broken in half that they'll still be in next season, but. For the rest of them, I really couldn't be asked if any of them, if none of them are here at this point, they could all just go and we'd start afresh. But yeah, I think realistically, try all right, and maybe Samedo, or maybe I mean, Cody, Cody could go somewhere like where you wouldn't put it past them, Cody to West Ham, something like that happening. I think if Cody goes, then Neves will get the armband straight away, isn't he? He's primed to take over. Well, maybe yeah. that's potentially a reason that he, <clears throat> he wants to stay because he knows he's. Literally going to be the heart and soul of the club once, um, well, if Cody was to go. Um, and it must be strange for like Jimenez, who sat there, who's probably staring at a banner in his name, thinking, mm, how do I ask for a move when I'm looking at this massive banner <laughs> in my name? So it might, be, it might be a bit of a tricky one for him. But anyway, we'll we'll see when that where what someone we've got ahead of us. But we're going to have a break now, and then when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, our potential relegation opponents at Fulham uh, when we return. <laughs> 
Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash save 500 and get hugged. Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Okay, welcome back to Wolves Fancast. We are now going to discuss our game that is on Friday. Yeah. yeah, Friday against against Fulham. I know I said that with a degree of confidence. Um, against Fulham, um, so at time of broadcast, Fulham eighteenth uh, um, in the in the table, three points off uh, safety. They haven't won a game since a one nil win in late Feb against Sheffield United. And the Wanderers are rocking into town <laughs> uh, to the lovely Craven Cottage. Um, I've got to say, I do love a Fulham away day. Side, side notes, I do. Look, there's something quite charming about it. But being there, having a nice stroll down the river to get to the game, uh, a few beers on the King's Road. I, I do <laughs> one at one time. I do quite fancy doing that. You know, you can take the boat to the game. Yeah, yeah. I do quite fancy doing that. It'll be, it's got to be like at the start or end of the season, and I'm not, I'm not doing it in January. But, um, how do we see this game going, guys? Because Fulham were putting together a bit of a run at the start of the year and have given themselves a pretty good fighting chance, to be honest. Um, if, if they were to win against us, uh, that brings the gap down to six points between the two of us. And bear in mind, I've still said that I'm, I'm not concerned about relegation, but that was to happen, six-point gap. Obviously, I think if we win, then that puts puts us well within safety. But uh, Stu, I'll come to you first. How do you see it going? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make someone take a forfeit if, gonna, if I say 1-0 Cavalero goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Wolves against teams in the bottom half of the table, so I fully expect us to get beat. <laughs> it's just, it's just what, just what happens. But you are right. I mean, they're, they're starting like a train the start of the year, and I thought, well, they're obviously they're going to be safe by weeks before the end of the season. But they have just seemed to have dropped like a stone, and it's one of them. Mate. It's they, they're going to get out of it from some ricochet off their arse or some some fluke goal, which you wouldn't put it past it happening to us. Um, or they're just not going to get that form back. And I mean, to even be in contention, 
with staying up is a massive achievement for them. But from their point of view, you got to say that. But uh, it's so it's it's so Wolves to. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we went back to a back five against Fulham, just because this has been done before. We play, we played a back four against Liverpool and then and then change it back to, I mean, and play like we did against Newcastle, against Fulham, and you think, well, why? But that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I don't know. I think they're just in such a malaise, and I know we are as well a bit. But I think one one draw probably. Of anything else, I, I think it's just going to be a really, really awful non-entity of a game where with two really poor teams, and it'll just kind of dribble out. And I, I watched Fulham against Villa the weekend, and Fulham looked decent for most of the game up until the for Villa's first goal, and then they just absolutely fell apart. But I think was it like the seventy-fifth minute or something that Villa equalised? That they looked good. Fulham did, um, but. They just didn't look like they were going to score enough goals to to keep them in the game, unfortunately. And I think we might see a similar thing. But then that said, as I said in the first half of this show, Cody's got a thing when he plays against strong strikers where he just shits his pants. So Cody versus Mitrovic again. Like Mitrovic threw him a new one, what, four years ago in the championship? Three years ago when we won the championship? I think it'll be an interesting game. I really do. Um and we haven't got a bad record at Fulham either, if I remember correctly. There's there's usually a couple of goals in the game. So I think it's it's there for anyone to win. But as you said, you know, they're a club who are in the bottom three. That's a team that we should be looking at beating. It, you know, no excuses. On paper, we should be beating a team like Fulham. I know I've the matches to, are played on paper, but I think I've been to Fulham three possibly four times, never seen us win. I was just thinking the same <laughs> thing. I know, I know the one year when we went there and got battered 5-0 under Terry Connor. That was a great night. That was a great freezing day out. Um, that was the Roger Johnson drunk day, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember going there when, um, I think, first time I went, it was nil-nil. It was just dire. Second time I went, I think, when Yellow, I'm sure Yellow Van Dam scored for Wolves, I think. And then we lost in the last minute. Um, and I, yeah, I went, I went in the championship game when Mitrovic had his, had his way with Cody, um, treating him like a rag doll. Um, so that wasn't, so that's like, yeah, I think, I think it might be one other time. I'm not sure if it goes to Terry Connor one, but it's a good job. It's a good job. I'm not allowed in to watch the game because I, yeah, I've, not got, I've not got a great record there. Um, but, who, so we talked about Mitrovic, but who else are the danger men? Are we, are, is it in the script? I, I don't want to mention it, but is it in the script for any returning players to do any damage against us? Or would someone like Adamola Luckman be a threat to us? Yeah, he, he's the... Whenever I've watched him on telly, he's like the one who... I think Gully's talked about it before, he wouldn't mind signing him if, if you were picking from the bottom three. Um, Luckman and I mean Loftus Cheeks had a terrible season for him, so he could pick one out for forty yards in the top corner, kind of jobby. But they're just like Andy said, they don't score, do they? They don't look like scoring. It's very, it's very pretty and it's nice on the eye until you get to the final third, and then they kind of all fall apart. And then when they can do see, concede, they just, they just kind of phase into nothingness. So it's kind of it's it, 
tempting fate saying I'm not scared of him <laughs> because we know what happens. But Mitrovic is, it's that annoyance factor that he's done it before and he could possibly do it again on, on the form that Cody is in at the minute. <laughs> hasn't Loftus-Cheek got a couple of goals against us? Like he hasn't got a many games against us and I'm sure he's got at least two goals. So like you say, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, pops up and scores because it's just the way things are, isn't it? Um, Bobby Reed, whose name now I can never pronounce. Decordover. He deckled over. That's the one. Yeah. I, um, I quite like the look of him and he's got a hat trick against us way back when, if I remember right. Is it him? Yeah, Cardiff. Is it Card- I can't remember where he's at, but yeah, I remember him scoring past the suit. Like he's got a record against us. Um, obviously, Mitrovic has got the history there. But I, I do like their back pair, um, Tosin and Anderson, the um, the captain. I think it is Anderson, isn't it? Uh, I, you know, I, I, they've got some good players who play some nice stuff. I've got to be honest. But They've also got Tim Ream, I hope he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if Tim shoots. Ream plays against fucking William Jose... William Jose isn't scoring because he's not winning any headers and he's not going to beat him for pace. That's how shit he is. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got, I'm going to ask you a few predictions in a minute, but I've got, I've got high hopes for this game. Yeah, ever the optimist. I know, I know what you're thinking, but um, I think if we go, if we stick to the, this formation that we played today, and we create chances against Fulham the way we did today. I think we should be all right. I, I'd, I'd like to think. I know. I know. We obviously leave the back door open. What with how we play today, but Fulham. I, I mean, we talked about Mitrovic earlier. I don't think he. He's not even a regular starter for them, is he? No. Uh, no Fulham. Not, he's in the net team. He ha- he has scored something like is it six goals in his last seven games. For club Brilliant. and country, so he's on form at the minute. Great, good news. Mm, I know, just in time. <laughs> Let me just revise my optimism. Um, <laughs> no, I think we should be. I think I would like to say that we would, um, if we can play similar to like we do today and create create chances, and if we have Fabio Silva up front <laughs> and not the Brazilian Frankowski, I'll put us down for a, a, a two-one win. So Andy, I'm coming to you first. Look for your predictions for yeah Fulham versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm going to be positive. Um, Raúl Jiménez is going to make the bench, and we will win two one. Fabio Silva scoring both goals. Uh, hang on, so Jiménez will make the bench, but are we still going to bring on William Jose ahead of him? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Get your get the crystal ball out. What what's going to happen in the game? Tell me what's tell me the the score outcome. Oh, with what I said earlier, one one. They're just being just boring as hell. We've we've the excitement levels gone too high now for for the next few weeks. <laughs> so we've we've had our fun now in that first half. So yeah, a kind of tactical masterclass, Serie A style draw of attrition. <laughs> <laughs> Mitrovic and, and some yeah, I mean, you'd like to see Fabio Silva, but I mean someone someone like Podence who just hasn't scored for well he has played so but yeah, it's just someone <laughs> as you say, 
Den Donk has got his one for the season. Now. So maybe Traore, maybe, maybe give him the give him the customary one. But yeah, I, I just I can't see being excited. I mean, I'm on that one anyway, so I can eat my own words. But yeah, one one. If I was saying that, what time is it now? Twenty five to twelve on uh, Monday night. Time stamped. Uh, so I'm going to move on to Twitter corner now and keep you on the theme of predictions. Uh, Rob Cartwright has asked if we could predict a win on Friday <laughs> via a cryptic emoji-only tweet just a few hours before kickoff. <laughs> so hopefully we'll we'll see if we can arrange that for you, Rob. If you're listening, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're very keen for us to continue a emoji-only theme. So we'll see what we can do for you in that regard. Um, I have a question here from Joe Ashmore who was asked, would you rather have the hair of Fabio Silva or the hair of Aitan Nori? Interesting question to pose to you, TJ. It is a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, far away, you're having either Fabio's mane or whatever Aitan Nori's got, because he's trimmed his a bit recently, hasn't he? I mean, other than it being curly, my hair wasn't massively dissimilar to Silva's anyway, way back when. <clears throat> I'd just get the straightness on it, that would be the only difference. Yeah, my, you, say, you, you, you go back to 2009 and mine was like Fabio Silva. So yeah. to, to really do glory days yet again, then absolutely. And I think I don't think a, a trimmed fade look would uh, suit me, really. I want to know if people who, people who out there who are good with Photoshop or even within the, the walls of uh, Bancast Towers, I w- I'd like to see a Photoshop, please, of uh, Stu and Andy with the hair of Fabio Silva. <laughs> And the hair of Eight Nori, either in Eight Nori's previous guys or his new one. I'd like to see how that pans out for you. The dream would be to have like uh, Adama Traore's when he's got the the blonde dreads. That that's the dream look. I think that can be done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you two with a full on Carlos Valderrama. <laughs> Sideshow Barbesque. Yeah. Um, and the final question from uh, Twitter Corner this week, uh, Matt Fowler at 306 Not Out. Um, I don't know whether you gents uh, took note of what we, uh, the messages that we received earlier, but what was the best abuse that we received earlier, <laughs> early, on to, early on today? There was a fair bit. If, if any of you guys don't know, just, just search for Fancast under Twitter. Mm-hmm. You'll probably see some messages from earlier. I think being called um, 15 year olds was quite nice, just considering. We're pushing forty. We've <laughs> 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 been the uh, really been them them glory days of. Um, oh, let's, get, let's not get into the tissues route, but yeah, I think that was that was the best one from Wendy for me. Mm, that's quite interesting. From let's leave it there. Uh, I've been dealing with a pylon from Blue Tickers on my other account, so I haven't really had much time to pay attention to it. To be perfectly honest. I did see some nice messages there. Uh, building a case for a, a, a mass apology to Fancast <laughs> as, soon, <laughs> as soon as the team news was announced. <laughs> mm. I mean, we could talk about it all night, but yeah. <laughs> they've, right. they, they've, they've shown themselves all to be very foolish indeed, and not one of them has come back and said sorry, have they? So fuck them all. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <As goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and on that uh, on that shaven note, we um, <laughs> will leave it there for this evening. 
thanks as ever for listening via whether you listen to us uh on the podcast form or on our youtube channel if not please make sure you subscribe also make sure that you are checking out our instagram page where we've got our pre-match and half-time videos with gully luke and jordan um you can dive into our back catalog and see all the good stuff that we've got on there um and yeah please subscribe to our new youtube but relatively new youtube channel and build a personal subscriber base there so all that's left to say is goodbye from Stu. yeah before we do that if you were if you're searching for something to do this week there is um we did go into the excellent acting debut of ali mccoist in a film cast episode a couple of weeks ago so if you want to go and find that out and the film is available on youtube if you want to go and check it out but they'll tide you over to the full and uh, fun and games so Enjoy yourself, boys and girls. Ta-ra. And it's goodbye from Andy as well, unless you've got a, a message to tell us as well. No, but I, I do second what Stu said. I mean, that film was much more interesting than it had any right to be. So, yeah, check that out. Like I said, it's free on YouTube. There's much more shit that you can be doing with your time. So watch that and then come and join us next time. See you later. All right, it's bye from me. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.